I am one voice that stands alone. I am one choice to man the throne. Stand guard and take shots. Give it all I got. All I got is this microphone. All right, so we are back with another episode of Pulp Revelators, and I am Michael Valiant, and I'm joined at the table with uh, Gary Skirka and Tim Laramore, and we are off of recording about the X-Men, and one of the things that, that struck us is that there's probably never been a better time to be a comic book fan. Because your heroes become movie heroes. They become, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is the biggest thing to hit the box office. Um, they've just announced more. You've got some of the best writers writing the biggest titles. You've got Brian Michael Bendis writing Superman. You've got Tom King writing Batman. You've got Jason Aaron writing Thor. So with all these great things uh, being written and being out there, we thought we'd talk about what stories that we're following, what we're reading and loving, and, you know, maybe connect and see if either give you something else to read or you can echo that, you know, you're, you're enjoying them too. Uh, Tim, any, what, what are your big reads right now? Well, anyone who's into comic books right now is certainly is a Hickman fan mm-hmm. and is following the, the House of X and the Powers. Thank you. Last episode for correcting. It's actually Powers of Ten and not Powers of mm-hmm. X. Um, and, we're only halfway through that, almost mm-hmm. to the halfway point. And it's, I feel like it's bare bones. He's being real cautious about the seeds he's planting, but that this is going to open up a universe. It's almost like cinematically when they gave us Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of said, okay, that worked. Here's Iron Man 2 and then Thor. And is that going to open? Thor was an experiment. Is that going to open? So he's, he's doing the same thing in the comic book world. And I've got to think that the whole purpose behind us is to give Disney movie fodder for the next three decades. And I don't see any reason to stop because his formula and story writing and character development just absolutely works at every turn. And it, I hate to blow the guy's head up even more right. because he just, he knows he's on yes, point, he does. but man, he's, he's leading the, the industry. One of the things that Hickman does, you know, that I did that, almost no one can keep up with him is world building, you know, whether it's East of West or his, his independent work or whether he takes over the fantastic four or Avengers, um, he creates these whole new worlds and he builds them slowly so that they make sense as you read them. So I'm also, I just picked up, so they've Marvel has also started this huge run on carnage mm-hmm. and the War of the Realms is out there, and I'm avoiding it because there's so much going on. I don't even know how to go to like just the War of the Realms and follow just the basic storyline. But I figured out Carnage. There is a there is a absolute Carnage mm-hmm. that is the baseline storyline of that. And it's funny because they introduced some of the other offshoot stories first, mm-hmm. but last week they gave us the first absolute Carnage. So I'm a I'm a keep it simple person. And I'm like, all right, that's where I'm going to start with Carnage. I'm going to go with Absolute Carnage. I'm going to follow that, and I'm going to see where that goes. So I picked that up last week, and I'm looking forward to, to the next release. Um, I'm also reading, um, there's a new Star Wars series out focused around Luke Skywalker. And it has to do with, I, th- I think they haven't quite introduced, at least I haven't figured out the timepiece they're, they're working with, but it sounds like it's right after 
um, Return of the Jedi, but it has to do with Skywalker's role within the Republic Army or, or whatever we're going to call it, mm-hmm. and and really kind of how he fits in because here he is the the heir apparent, I mean, sent from above or whatever we're going to call it, mm-hmm. and he's really kind of battling a lot of the, the leadership within the military. He doesn't want to be the hero. He wants to kind of support them because he knows that one Jedi can't, not only shouldn't rule the galaxy and, and control everything, but that can't bear that weight. So I enjoyed that. Disney really kind of threw me a curveball when they gave us Boba Fett number one, and, and, and that's it. It's Boba Fett number one. There is no number two. It's just Boba Fett number one. I'm like, what, what happened there? That's a one-off, and it's done. So, uh, but I have been, thanks to you guys, I'm actually catching up on some stuff. So I enjoyed um, the Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. I went out and finally, like, I, I kind of stepped away from comic books for a very long time, and I've been living through comic books through the cinematic world. Mm-hmm. So the, the Secret Wars is great. And I was fortunate enough that I didn't do the research, but I actually read the pre-story leading up to it with, was it Everything Dies? Mm-hmm. It was the lead-up story to that. And, you know, we were talking about last time about the Aquamarine, the Mariner. Submariner. Yeah, my brain's just... If you combine yeah. Aquaman and the Submariner, yeah, yeah. the Aquamariner. Yeah. And, they probably did and, that and in the Amalgam probably just stories. figured all that out, you know. Amalgam. But he's introduced in there, and you can see the, the rocky relationship between him, because he's a bad guy. <laughs> they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're forced to work with him. And but the, the funny thing is, he was one of the original Avengers. You know, he like early Avengers, he didn't used to be a bad guy. That's the like right. characters evolve over time. And I'm reading the, the, the current Daredevil run. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually kind of fell behind. It's it's up to, I think, eight or nine right now. Ten came out yesterday. It's a ten. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm at five. So I got some catching up to do. But Great thank one. goodness for Poolbox. That's right. That's, That's right. right. I, I just put, throw it on there. And you're and <clears> you're at, with absolute carnage. I picked that up last week. And phenomenal and and even if someone wanted to to go back to kind of where that picks up you can do it in two trades with donny cates and ryan stegman have been doing venom and that's an absolute carnage is coming out there are two trades for venom and and you're up to date you know and, and it's just a phenomenal run that ties so many things together and yeah you're talking about i think i read that this is marvel's first time where they've taken a, a big event as a horror yes. event mm-hmm. and and it's that for sure which is interesting because marvel cinematically has mentioned that in the very near future mm-hmm. they're going horror with some of these doctor strange doctor strange is yeah. going to be a horror film um, i don't think it'll be one of those don't take the kids to films but it's right. going to be on edge and you're going to it's going to be suspenseful it's going to be wondering where you are doctor strange with a hockey mask yeah well, the neat thing with like some of the titles that you guys are talking about is you can pick them up and read them separately, mm-hmm. but then they all have ties into previous stories if you ever want to go back. Like, um, you know, the Hickman, Everything Ends, all that started back in his uh, Fantastic Four run. Yes. And then it carried all the way through. And, pro- and some of the seeds would go as far back as his run on Secret Warriors and the Shield Limited series. Um, Absolute Carnage. That ties into War of Realms and Jason yes. Aaron's entire Thor run. So it's kind of neat. So like it's one of those things where, you know, it would take you forever to read all that right now. But if you ever wanted to go back and catch up, you can actually get some pre-story. Um, like I, I've been kind of uh, ever since Jason Aaron wrote 
Wolverine and the X-Men, like I discussed on the last episode. And then he moved to Thor. And around the time that his Thor run was starting, so was Hickman's Avengers run. So I started picking those up um, side by side. And I have just been hooked on Aaron's Thor. I will be finishing up, especially in the uh, previews. Marvel solicitations came out today. And the cover of his, basically, his coda to his Thor run, the King Thor series, I'm not going to ruin it for you guys if you haven't seen it yet, but holy crap. I mean, he just brings a character from the very beginning back that you thought were go- was gone, and you're just like, oh, I can't wait to see that. <laughs> so it's uh, just all these titles, like Mike said, it, it's an incredible time to be a uh, comic fan, and not even the big two. There's some independent books that are absolutely incredible. Um I just started reading, and I'm late to it, uh, Justin Jordan's uh, Luther Strode trilogy. So basically, he takes a character, and he takes the old um, advertisement for Charles Atlas, turns it into a plot device that turns this guy essentially into Michael Myers. <laughs> and, it's, and it's a trilogy that goes through, it, hence the name Luther Strode, Laurie Strode, and yeah. you're just like, that's brilliant and it just writes a really good trilogy and i I, it's really i'm about halfway through it and i can't wait to see where it goes or um rick remenders uh right now black science is wrapping up soon and that's another really good series to pick up but it's another series that if you're just starting you, you got some catching up to do i think that you know one of the things that a lot of people who are kind of on the fringe don't understand like I shied away from comics as I became an adult because I had more things to spend my money on I had bills mm-hmm. um, so you worry about the expensive things but nowadays there's so many options like you can do Marvel subscription online and it it doesn't give you everything but man it gives you tons of titles there's free sites out there um, you use quite a bit don't you Mike I, I'm or is it Dustin? Dustin talks Dustin, about it. I'm a paper guy. You know, I, I yeah. love to pick up. I, I don't read anything digitally, uh, books or comics, because there's just something. I stare at a screen long enough that I feel like I want a book in my hand. I'm a page turner, too. Yeah. I, I've, I had digital. Uh, I had a nook, and I got away from it because I like being able to turn a page. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it, I, I like the feel of it. I like, I like being in that moment. One of the cool things, and Tim, you mentioned Daredevil, which is Chip Zdarsky has just picked that up. One of the really cool things is when a new writer starts an exi- a canon character, they usually, the storyline kind of starts anew. And so Zdarsky picking up Daredevil, it's only 10 issues in, and there's a trade that collects the first five or six of them. Um, and it's a, it's a great run. And one of Zdarsky's thoughts is, but what made him want to write Daredevil is to say, what happens when a superhero comes to the end of a line kind of where you're not sure you should still be doing, you should still be that superhero. You're not sure you can still cut it. And, and to examine that psychologically, physically, and, and it's, it's brilliant. I always feel like, you know, Daredevil is my first comic love. And I feel like Matt Murdock has been beat down and beat up versus probably any other character in, in the Marvel Universe where he's just... That's oh. what I really enjoyed about the Netflix series. Like they, mm-hmm. they got that. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, it's dark. You know, I know that 
they had four different adventures there that they kind of combined that they they did combine with the defenders mm-hmm. but the storyline that was the the most gripping and the one that had you hooked from the get-go was daredevil yeah, and that's and, he and Kingpin, great. and you know, and that's all you need is Daredevil and Kingpin to tell a story. Oh, speaking of all that, you got me on uh, the most recent version of the Iron Fist. Oh, well, that was that was Fraction and Brubaker's Immortal Iron Fist, which is a phenomenal book. Yeah, that's a great book. And that, if you haven't read that, and I was talking about easy things to come mm-hmm. by, like if you go to your local comic book store, or you go online to Amazon and you're a page turner like myself and my car. You can find some great deals mm-hmm. on the collective work pieces. You don't mm-hmm. have to. You don't have to wait for the next series. Some people don't like to wait week by week. I enjoy that because I anticipate it and it gets me off my game and I get to go, kind of, zone out in a comic book store once a week. Yeah. But, you know, I have a lot of books that are collective works that carry the entire series. And man, you can get those on the used shelf sitting mm-hmm. in the comic book store, for pennies on the dollar. You, know, you walk in there and see a book that's, you know, a hundred and twenty some dollars. I mean, Descender. Um, by Lemire, mm-hmm. when I went to buy it, it was eighty some dollars. But then we hit Amazon, and I found it on Amazon for like forty three. Mm-hmm. So you can really don't let the price scare you right. off. Do some research on what you like, what writers you like. Not even that, what characters you like, and you can find the reading that you want. Well, and they have Hoopla. If you're not a page turner, I, I like I like both. Um, I tend to do the trades mostly because. I also like being married, and I um, don't want my wife to have to deal with boxes everywhere like she used to before I sold the incredibly large collection that I had. So I try to do a lot digital, and Hoopla is a library application that it uses your library card, and you check the books out, and you have them for a certain amount of time, and you download them, and then they do something that's magic and you can't read it anymore until you check it back out. Um, but then there's also digital subscriptions. I, I don't, uh, mostly I try to keep my reading to a certain series. And that's one of the things that I know Mike and I talked about. Cause, uh, for a time period there, all I read was like Batman, X-Men and amazing Spider-Man. You know, I didn't really take too many of the team books or if it was a x-men story i didn't read every x-men series just mostly like uncanny and then the other x-men title and so still try to keep it down but it it, there's so much good out there sometimes it's like where do i go where do i go where do i go so uh it it is there there are options me i like digital mostly because i can carry a virtual library with me no matter where i go whereas if i wanted to carry that many books again I like being married and I only have so much room in my car and I also have children that I have to fit in there. So it's kind of um, that there are benefits to both, but there's still that new comic smell that's very nostalgic that when you open the book up. And we've just had the phenomenon of, of portals, games and comics opening in Easton. Um, and I will laugh going in there on Wednesday for a new comic day that I'll usually run into I've run into Gary, I've run into Dustin, I've run into Jeff, you know, so people are, you know, are using that as a way to enjoy new comic day, which I've never been able to do before. So I've never had a place close enough. I will say some of the, the writers were and artists working on titles right now. Kelly Sue DeConnick is writing Aquaman. A lot of people know who Kelly Sue DeConnick is because if you've seen Captain Marvel, 
the Captain Marvel you're watching is is her creation, her baby. So she wrote Captain Marvel up to the point where she's now a movie star, and then she started writing Aquaman after the movie. Um, you know, to me, Aquaman was a dorky throwaway character <laughs> on Justice League, the show, who rode around Wonder Woman's invisible jet and had no real purpose other than talking to animals in that show. And I thought, why would anybody want to read Aquaman? And you've seen the evolution of the character graphically into a hippie looking dude, into an outdoorsy looking dude. And, and now, you know, the Jason Momoa kind of uh, archetype, but also this story that she's writing now, there's mythology in it. You've got the, the old gods versus new guy. You've got all kinds of stuff going on. And I remember she said um, she likens her run on Aquaman to like Led Zeppelin playing music. And I thought, done, I'm checking that out because I love that, you know, analogy. I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan. So I think that's definitely one that's only a few issues in. Um, no, maybe not quite 10 issues in. <clears throat> well, what are you reading, Gary? Oh, um, well, there's the uh, Luther Strode series that I said. Uh, I'm reading um, Aaron's Avengers, which is a, a really good series. Um, DC-wise, I'm catching up with Bendis' Superman run uh, into Event Leviathan, which is another one of those event books. And, man, you know, I, I was worried because – I'm hit or miss um, with some of the stories like the Daredevil series was really good and it's critically acclaimed. But again, I was just like, man, when is this guy going to get a good day? Um, but then you read like his ultimate Spider-Man's and he created Miles Morales and there are some really cool heartwarming stories in there. So I, I was wondering where his Superman was going to go. And it, it's been a pretty cool ride. Uh, I, I've really enjoyed his run, and I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, the mystery of event Leviathan kind of turns out. Because right now it is. It's a straight-up mystery, and everyone has a guess, and I can't wait to see that everyone is dead wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so. And event Leviathan is another one to be following right now. This is really good. Uh, Gary mentioned last episode of reading Tom King's Batman, which is absolutely phenomenal the run prior to tom king was scott snyder and greg capullo who had this just an iconic great storytelling great art run um and and those two have teamed up again and were two issue two big issues out of three each 50 pages um or is it or is it 150 i know uh of last batman last night on earth which is this post-apocalyptic uh, Batman story that is just bonkers. It's so cool. The art is phenomenal. And and Snyder and Capullo have said, this is our goodbye to Batman after writing him for decades um, to say, this is how we're going to send him off. And the, the cover of the first one is this shadowy Batman with Joker's head as a lantern. And, and you can't get more cool to start into a, a metal type story oh, yeah. there. I second that. That is a pretty incredible story. But I mean, you know, honestly, Capullo and Snyder together, that's one of those team ups where you could say, hey, they're going to write the next Care Bear series. And I'm probably going to buy it because, man, Capullo would probably draw a badass uh, cheer bear. 
So uh, I, I just love that team together. And the fact that they announced that they actually are doing something after this together, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what it is. I'm with you there. Um, another one, and Tim mentioned uh, Donny Cates and Stegman doing absolute carnage. I have uh, picked up Cates' run on Guardians of the Galaxy, which is really cool. He's, he's picking up characters that have kind of been left in space in different places and putting them on the team. So you've got a re-scrambled Guardians lineup that, that brings in some of the main characters with all new characters. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a great run. Um, I think that's a, I think the intention, there's, there's gotta be some intention there, whether it's subliminal or not, to kind of pave the way cinematically too. Because we know that just like the Avengers can't last forever, and mm-hmm. we saw that with with Endgame, they're going to revamp that. They're going to revamp the, the Guardians too, mm-hmm. and that's not because we haven't appreciated the actors and what they've given us. It's that there's a whole new world there. At the very end of the last Guardians, you saw some of those other mm-hmm. characters that could be introduced, and it's really intriguing. And I and I have to say. There was something that I loved in comics about the Daredevil, Batman type of gritty, uh, dark, you know, earthly terrestrial superheroes. Um, since I've been back reading, I've loved Guardians of the Galaxy. I've loved Silver Surfer. I've loved you know these cosmic titles, and and I have to say, as someone who has never read Green Lantern before. Uh, to pick up Grant Morrison's Green Lantern is a wild ride of, of space and time and um, all kinds of great stuff that's made me go back and look at other Green Lantern stuff. So I think, you know, when you've got somebody writing an established superhero that has their own take on it, that also makes you want to go back and read what other people have done, they're doing their job, you know, as high as it can be done. Well, you look at, you look at entities like Green Lantern, mm-hmm. we talked about the X-Men uh, recently there's so many avenues they can go there and they can introduce so many different worlds and characters and and storylines to us that there's are there's the ones that if if the cinematic world is intelligent they're going to exploit mm-hmm. you know we so far we've missed the mark on green lantern um really bad movie yeah, <laughs> yeah. really bad movie. <laughs> and then and then and and the uh the most recent um Justice League that we had, they gave us a small taste right. of the Green Lanterns, not not a specific Green Lantern, but mm-hmm. the Green Lanterns and what they're capable of and how they are kind of justice fighters throughout the galaxy and, and the universe, really. Cosmic cops. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, but they still are shying away from them. And it seems like every every after every movie, DC's doing a reset. Like, yeah. well, we don't know where we are on things, and maybe that one didn't quite do the big box office we needed. Well, you're missing opportunities. And you need to get better writers, and you need to do character development before you touch any of these things. You know, Disney gave you the model. Mm-hmm. Follow it. Do character development. You didn't give us Ben Affleck. We had no idea about the character he was playing. Um, the same deal with, with Aquaman. Even though he got a standalone film, I, I still don't feel like we developed that character. I agree. Yep. Um, and Aquaman, I kind of feel like you. He's kind of those guys who just... <laughs> to dolphins and like it just wasn't there for me right um and then the flash there's 
their character development on that kid. They, they didn't. They didn't give us that. They gave us an episode of the Justice League without giving us any background or any way to attach to them. So you talk about the comic world and what we're reading, and that's what readers want. Now, it doesn't matter if you're reading uh, Harry Potter or Aristotle. Mm-hmm. You want to be attached to what the author is selling you. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's the same deal with with the movies. And Hickman understands that, and he sells you on what you, you're really bought into what he's selling. And the smart, smart authors do that, and the and the, the graphic world is no different than just a paperback or, or the, the uh, what's the word I'm thinking of the book world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things you know, DC right now, it, it, from a for this is coming from a lifelong Marvel fan who's reading as much DC if not more than Marvel right now. DC's Comic books are hitting on all cylinders. Oh, you got Leviathan. You've got Devent Leviathan. You've got Bendis, who's, you know, kind of world building. You've got Morrison on uh, Green Lantern. But then you've got Scott Snyder on Justice League. And you've got this whole year of the villain going on that is just, you know, great storytelling that hopefully somebody's paying attention to when it comes to making movies. You talk about Bendis, and, you know, this doesn't negate how good Bendis is because mm-hmm. he has just been a force for years. But it just kind of seems like no one matters right now but Hickman. And Bendis' <laughs> Bendis's efforts are just so good. And like Event Leviathan is is really getting a lot of rave reviews and it's not getting the attention. So for our listeners, if you're a DC fan, now is your time to get out there. We said it's a time for any comic fan to get mm-hmm. out there. Now is the time to follow these characters. You might have some catching up to do like with Batman but right. they're great storylines well then also with DC you have uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick's Aquaman right. which is really great so far um, Mike got me hooked on that and then you have uh, G. Willow Wilson's Wonder Woman which uh, I just picked up the first few issues to read because you know there's another movie coming out soon so I like to read some of the books that may be related to it and her run's been really good so dc is kind of stepping it up and then on the other side um on marvel like like we said there's uh zadarsky's daredevil kate's uh everything um (laughs) his uh his guardians is really good and then we have a whole slew of new x-men titles coming in after the current x series that have incredible creators attached to them and just trying to decide which one to read it's going to be difficult i have to say also i mean this is i mean it's been a a year or two of eating crow of what i used to think of characters um another you know super friends kind of bad character was hawkman you know i thought what is this guy all about and this is a year that robert venditti and brian hitch uh, took over Hawkman and, and on the throes of, of uh, Dark Knight Metal and it's one of the best runs. It's, it is literally you know Indiana Jones meets a superhero. I mean you've got an archaeologist who's traveling space and time looking for clues of trying to put their identity back together uh, and you can grab it in a trade and, and some single issues. Uh, it's, it's one of the things I look forward to the most and so I'm reading Hawkman, Green Lantern, and Aquaman, who I thought were kind of worthless characters when I was growing up, but they're all just phenomenal stories. Now, you've, said, you've said trade a couple of times in single mm-hmm. issues. Can you explain what that is? So your trade paperback, that's how, 
as a, a graphic novel. Um, and so the way publishers will work, um, you come out your single issues of your title, and then when you get about six of them together, depending on how they want to do it, it could be from five to ten, you pull it together in a trade paperback. And that is the most cost-effective way to binge read. Um, and, and to be honest, as since I've come back to comics, that's how most I've read most of everything. Um, you know, you wait until you can read all of them together. So you're not reading them as they come out when you don't have to wait for months between issues or weeks between issues. And, and that's interesting because I've gone the exact opposite since portals is open <laughs> to say, okay, you know what? When I grew up, the thing I loved about a comic book was you get to the end of the issue and you're like, Oh wow. You don't know where that story is going and you got to sit with it on the cliffhanger. And so if that issue sucked, you're mad. You're like, I just spent money on a comic book and I didn't like it, you know, but if it was great or if it built into something. So I'm kind of coming back to that joy of reading an an issue at a time and going, whoa, after the good ones and then waiting to see what comes next, which is pretty cool. Um, It it goes the opposite of Gary's, you know, building stacks of stuff (laughs) in your in your house and on your shelves. But um, but it's a fun way to read comics. Yeah, the um, just to touch back on Hawkman, uh, the series also fixed his timeline, which was kind of like a disaster for the longest time, and he finally tied it in together, which is really well. But that's just an aside. Um, the two other series that we haven't mentioned yet, and it's kind of weird because it's two big names: is uh, Snyder's Justice League mm-hmm. and uh, Lemire's Descender, now moving into awesome. Ascender yeah. and. Those are two really good storylines that have just so much ahead of them. Like with Justice League, they just started Year of the Villain. That spun out of that. And now that's going across all the titles. And then um, with Ascender, I, I mean, he <laughs> it's amazing. He took a series that was heading in one direction that was completely strictly sci-fi. And now it's a, it's a fantasy <laughs> along the Lord of the Rings line. And it's like how does one do that? And he's done it successfully. And it's just, I mean, he just has that off the wall writing style. And one of my favorite things that he did, um, I know, I think you just read uh, his green arrow run. Mm-hmm. The Lemire is, is one of those guys where as a kid, I read the characters that I liked and, and who, and, I, and, and many times I didn't even know who was writing them as an adult. I look for the writers I like, and whatever they happen to be writing. And Jeff Lemire is, he's done his originals, you know, his, his independent stuff like Underwater Welder and uh, Essex County, mm-hmm. which are phenomenal. And then he jumps into Black Hammer, which is a, an homage to the golden age of superheroes and yep. was just phenomenal. And now he's got Berserker Unbound that's just out. And so everything he does just has this great way of storytelling. Um, so, you know, he's, he's one and he's the only, probably the only person that could answer the question, who would win in a fight, Hawkeye or Green Arrow? Cause he's written both characters. Oh, you know, yeah. Another thing about Lemire is um, I, I like the artists that yeah. he works with. Mm-hmm. The, the artwork, it's, it's just a touch different than what you normally see. And it's just really cool artwork. Mm-hmm. It kind of captures you and keeps you going, you know. And we're dealing with robots and humans mm-hmm. and the in betweens. And I just I like the the artwork. You know, I don't like the the kitty artwork. 
I like to, I like to feel like I'm an adult looking at a piece, you know. And Absolutely. That, Lemire gives us that when he works with uh, was it Nguyen? Um, You're asking me how to pronounce anything. We've clarified that my mu- my mutant power is to mispronounce things. Um, it's N G U Y E N. His first name's Dustin. Yeah, he's a great artist. Um, I come from a history of everyone mispronouncing my name, so I'm not going to put him through that. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I, he he drew he drew Batman for the longest time as well uh, back in the um, early uh, 2000s, and yeah, I love his art, and it's just it's incredible on the uh, on the Sender series. Um, but. Uh, Another one, and I just it just happened to pop in my head is Al Ewing's Immortal Hulk. Oh, geez, I don't know how we missed that. It, it really, you know, it is the return of a horror to the Hulk. Yep. You know, there's there's aspects of it to me that take me back to Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrigno. Oh yeah, of you know of this wanderer who's going through for you know who keeps has to keep moving because he keeps wrecking everywhere he's gone. Um, but in that show, it's it's banner as the the driving force where now the hulk's in control and banner yeah. just happens to wake up and find himself whatever mess the hulk has left him um yeah that's that's everybody who's you know comic book shops every there's nobody who's not pushing that as one of marvel's best books right now one of the one of the comics i've got a it's on my list of like i need to get into that mm-hmm. i i've Said on here several times. I grew up like following the Punisher, like nobody's business. Mm-hmm. And there's a new run on him yeah. that I just That's haven't. Yep. I haven't snagged yet, and it's on my list. And right now, I got to be careful. I can't can't spend too much yeah. per week because here every week you're buying something. <laughs> yeah. So my pool box is getting pretty yeah pretty thick right now. There there's there's also a um, a practice that's being done right now, which I absolutely love. Um, and Tom King is one of the masters of it. Uh, or at it and you know you've got this you know marvel history and you've got dc history and you've got so many main characters that you know are obviously your drivers but then to go back and kind of pick these characters out of the the azure if you will and um like king just brought mr miracle back to life Mm -hmm. and made the, the book of the year uh that everybody's you know and so he's getting ready to do the same thing with adam strange coming up and Strange Adventures, which are coming oh, yeah. next year. Well, Lemire, one of the ones that he's going to pick up is the question, and they're going to—it's going to come out on DC's Black Label, so it's heavier, it's more, uh, you know, gorier, um, and it's a you know a superhero that most people haven't heard of that Bendis has been weaving back into Event Leviathan, um, you know, this sort of great detective guy. Uh, who's going to be, you know, coming up now. Oh, yeah. That's well, going to be really cool. The other cool thing is that aside from, like, the Immortal Hawk mm-hmm. and the Batman run, a lot of these runs are really early. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're not more – Daredevil's at, like, I think it was at 11 or 12. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's that's pretty deep compared to some of these other ones. Some of these other ones are only, you know, anywhere from four to eight into it. So if you're going to get into them, you know, now's the time. Yeah. Yep. You know, before you end up having to buy 77 episodes of Batman <laughs> just to catch up. Right. Know, well, and there, there's three series, um, well, four series now, because the uh, there's Rosenberg's Punisher that I want to catch up with. Uh, Clunan, Becky Clunan wrote it right before him, and I love her artwork, and I, 
the, her story from what I heard was incredible. So I really want to read that. And then Dan Slott's Iron Man and Matt Fraction's Jimmy Olsen, which just the fact that I'm saying that I want to read a book about Jimmy Olsen, I, I have never been interested in that character. I know uh, Jack Kirby did incredible things with it and it tied into his New Gods. And I, I've read the parts that tie into New Gods, but anything beyond that, I have literally cared less about the Jimmy Olsen character. And I really want to read Matt Fraction's Jimmy Olsen because after reading his Hawkeye and his other stories. I'm like, he's probably going to do something really great with this. It's, it's right in his wheelhouse to do something that there's, there's not much precedent for and the sky's the limit and fraction brain is just zany. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you, if you picked up, um, event Leviathan rising, which was its own little single issue thing, you get a taste of what he's doing with Jimmy Olsen, which is, you know, you just kind of what, and that's that's Matt Fraction in a nutshell. You get done reading Hawkeye, which is what brought me back into comics as a grown up, um, which Fraction's Hawkeye, and then I went and looked for just about anything else I could find that he'd written because his between his sense of humor and his style, and there was just a ton going on there. Yep. Well, that might bring us to a close on what we're reading, what we're hoping to read. The world's wide open right now for comics and what we have out there. You know, really looking forward to where we are. This is just the best time for me as far as entertainment to be into what I'm into because they're giving me everything. And we've given you maybe some ideas, some maybe some stuff you're already reading. But I, one of the really cool things about the world of comics is local comic book stores. You walk into Third Eye in Annapolis, you walk into Portals in Easton and go, what should I be reading? Um, it's almost like getting fitted for something because they'll ask you questions like, what kind of movies do you like? What kind of other stuff do you read? What kind of books do you read? And they'll fit you with something that, you know, you, you didn't know you wanted coming out or going in. And then, then you just get hooked. And where we live in such a rural area, like growing up, the comic store was like the underground place that you found at a clean, at a flea market. And, um, you know, honestly, the, the guys who ran them were the comic book guy from the Simpsons. And now it is portals. Those guys will educate you, um, over at third eye. Those guys are great. And then there's another one in Salisbury called Phoenix rising who, um, you go in there, ask for Chris. I have known Chris since I was 18 years old and it was superior comics down there. And he is just an encyclopedia of comic knowledge. That is like, he lives that and can, point you in the right direction as well so yeah comic stores especially our local ones we've been uh, blessed because they've gone from you know where the guy's correcting you about what page something happened on to these guys who really want to educate you and connect you with stories that resonate with you and will take you and show you even if they haven't heard or read it themselves they'll tell you basically yeah. the news on it so you can uh, make your decision I always like doing business locally if I can and portals is so far they've, they've met all my needs Nope. for what I'm hoping for. And that'll do it for this episode of Pulp Revelators. That stands alone I can one choice To man the throne Stand on and take shots Give it all I got All I got is this microphone